Gabrielle Palmer, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're here at the buzzy CBAM WPP Distinguished Lecture and Panel, China and the Rise of the BRICS. Tell me what you think Brazil has to offer, if you like, the next decade in, in competing w- with those other emerging BRIC economies like China. My, my guess is that Brazil is in a different league altogether than China, India, Vietnam, Korea, Malaysia, or Thailand. If you look ahead, Brazil, the Brazilian economy, basically, on the positive side, it has no major roadblocks, no major obstacles. There is no time bomb that you could see within the economy in terms of the banking system is relatively sound, the public finance are relatively sound, the balance of payment, although it's getting worse, is still quite sustainable, meaning Brazil is a country that it's going to continue doing very much what has been doing so far, except that it's very unlikely that it will accelerate its rate of growth in any sustainable way, like they have done in China and India and Vietnam and other parts of Asia. But you have, if you like, democratized your middle class. You've addressed the problem of poverty, which China and India haven't done yet. Over 50% are now middle class in Brazil, they say. So, So if you like, it's been a steady growth, not a phenomenal growth, but a steady growth. Might that steadiness not challenge the other emerging tiger economies? Well... In terms of poverty, it's true that finally, in the last 10 years, particularly during the eight years of Lula, the President Lula, they tried to do something about poverty. Mainly, uh, they created a subsidy, which is roughly $50 a month that they give to more or less 11 million families under certain circumstances, which had brought quite a lot of people out of poverty. But still, poverty in Brazil is very large. I mean, at least something like 20% of the population live below poverty line. And you have to distinguish a middle-income country with those levels of poverty and a low-income country or a middle-low-income country like China and India. I mean, one thing is to have those levels of poverty when your GDP per capita is five, $6,000. Another thing is to have those levels of poverty when your GDP per capita is one or $2,000. Meaning in Brazil... Basically, with no more than an extra 2% of GDP expenditure in the public sector, you could eradicate poverty altogether. Meaning, in a middle-income country, eradicate poverty is is a relatively easy and cheap job to do, which makes it even more difficult to understand why they do so little about it. But in the last 10 years, at least... Some countries like Brazil and Chile have tried to address that, but still in Brazil today something like 20% of the population lives below poverty line. But if you like that growth in the middle classes, they will be markets that you can cater to internally, that, that other people can cater to. Isn't that likely to bring people out of poverty? Well, the thing is that uh, what it can do, and it certainly has done, is to generate jobs quite significantly. For example, Brazil in the last 30 years has created 30 million jobs. The key problem is that 28 of those 30 has been in services, which is mostly precarious jobs, low productivity, low wage, meaning 
is not something that will be an engine of growth, but at least has helped to bring people out of poverty into works and often into formal jobs as opposed to the informal sector. If we are to gaze into that crystal ball of the future, China overtaking the USA in 10 years' time as the top economy, it's overtaking Japan, it's 10.1% growth rate, the visit of President Ho to President Obama, it's gone to Africa, Great Britain, our own Prime Minister David Cameron too. Is Brazil going to try to compete? Does it want to compete? No, I don't think so. I mean, for example, the Central Bank of Brazil, they openly work with the long-term growth of the economy, what they call the sustainable long-term rate of growth of 3.5, maximum 4%. Meaning every time the Brazilian economy begins to hit 3.5 or 4, they are going to begin to cool down, which is what they are already doing with their current uh, rate of growth. It's the inflation problem. Well, the problem is that there is very little inflation in Brazil. The rate of inflation is fairly low. It's just that they are so orthodox in terms of monetary policy. I mean, Brazil for the last 20, 25 years has had the highest rate of interest in the world. So, I mean, it's a very hawkish, it's a very tough monetary policy which has characterized Brazil in these last 20, 25 years, which of course have created a massive overvalue exchange rate and a lot of other problems. So I don't think that you could expect Brazil in the long run to sustain any rate of growth different than 3.5-4%. So if we were going to put the points or three points to speak up for Brazil in Brazil's favour for the next decade, what would they be? Well, first, mostly internal things which are very positive, like the massive job generation that Brazil has been doing in the last 20-30 years, that is likely to continue and that of course will have a positive effect on particularly on poverty and, well, of course on unemployment. Second, that Brazil is going to continue being one of the most efficient commodity producers in the world. They are incredibly rich and diversifying their commodities and they are very efficient in doing that. And it's an economy that is going to muddle through a relatively steady 3-4% rate of growth, which for Europe or the US or Japan is, is fantastic, but compared to, to Asia, India, China or Vietnam is obviously very little. So basically that I think is what, very much what it's been the last 10 years, it's going to be the next 10 years. So it's been a, a steady grower and it's going to grow steadily again over the next decade too. Anything that might derail that steady growth? No, neither on the positive side any ambition to do any better, nor on the negative side any roadblocks or any time bomb that are there obviously to stop that. So neither on the positive, optimistic or the or the ambitious side, neither on the negative uh, time bomb side. So that sounds like quite a rosy analysis to me. Well, not if you come from India, China, Vietnam, or Korea, or Malaysia, Thailand, countries that are going to grow twice as fast than Brazil. But compared to Europe, Japan, or the US, and the rest of Latin America, yes, it's, it's quite positive. Dr. Gabriel Palmer, you've explained that so well. Thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today here at the Buzzy CBAM WPP Distinguished Lecture and Panel, China and the Rise of the BRICS. Thank you very much.